What? 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 About. 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 What? 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 It's about. About. Hello and welcome to What It's About, the podcast full of poorly researched and strongly held opinions with your hosts, Kyle and Claire. How are you today, Claire? Well, I was just nearly blinded by your wife. Mm. Um, that was a bit stressful. You got some of those super duper eye drops. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been a walking allergy today, and I, so I just keep weeping spontaneously. Mm. Um, so I arrived at Kyle's house, and his wife was like, put these eye drops in. They sting a bit. Good God. Um, nearly blind. So just a minute ago, you were talking about talking over me. Uh, which I didn't really notice in my editing of episode eleven, but sorry, Kyle, uh, I'm just gonna talk over you. No, I don't all mind. of the time. Uh, but did Every you ever? Did you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ever see the clips? People have put together like super clips of Joe Rogan um, being interrupted by guests because he's an absolute boss about it. Did you ever did you ever see any no. of those? No. What does so he do? So he's he's like notoriously good about being talked over. Um like he just shuts the fuck up. Like he doesn't you know, he doesn't make a face. He doesn't uh like speak louder. Like if if he's talking and somebody else starts talking over him, he literally just stops talking mid-sentence and lets the other person finish. Do and, you think it's because he's a good interviewer? Oh, yeah, he's the best. People don't realize that. Like they well, think, think he's, he's just a, a fucking meathead, but like he, he is a good meat. He is a good interviewer. <laughs> and also a great meathead. He's a great meathead, a better meathead than an no, interviewer. I probably. always thought he was quite a good interviewer. I think he, I've often, like I went through a phase of listening to them and I listened to loads of episodes like back to back. Um, and he'll, I, I was jumping around with who I was listening to and he'll be like very complimentary to one person and then very complimentary to the next person, even though they're complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. I think he really puts people at ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he's had some really good debates on there, which go like off the rails a little bit. Mm. Um, so like a couple that I watched, um, ab- my absolute favorite one was, uh, did you ever watch the documentary Game Changers? No. It's like one of these hippie vegan documentaries. Oh, you love them. Uh, so it's like this one's actually super interesting, though, because it goes through uh, weightlifters and bodybuilders and boxers and UFC fighters who are vegan mm. um, because like the traditional knowledge around being a, a, a person like that is like they have to eat loads and loads of protein. They have yeah. to be on very strict um, vitamin regimens and stuff like that. Um, and so this game changers documentary is like interviewing people that don't, uh, that don't eat meat or who are vegan and do all those things. Mm. And then Joe Rogan had on somebody who was like a nutritionist who basically talked about how all the stuff was bullshit and how like the, the sources from the documentary are terrible and all the people who, um, were bodybuilders in the documentary were not vegan while they were bulking up and then they went vegan later. Mm. Um, and so he like argued all these points and then the owner, the guy who made the documentary, uh, reached out and was like, yo, I want to come on the show and defend myself, bring that fucking guy back on and I'm going to argue him live. And, uh, dude, it was great. It was it was absolutely fantastic. It Who was won like, the fight. Um, the I mean, 
in my opinion, the vegan guy won the fight. Mm. I think uh, I think a lot of people think that he defended himself very well against against yeah. the other person. Um, but there was another one where they did um, this was like maybe 2019. They did a pot debate mm. where they they brought in like somebody who was pro legalization and somebody who was anti legalization, so they could argue about like crime statistics and how it affects population and stuff like that. I haven't seen it or listened to or seen any of the debate ones. I'm gonna look it up because uh, that's right up my alley yeah they're 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 uh quality podcasting for sure yeah do you know what i was thinking about as i was scooting over kyle um vegan people are like the most hated group of people grouped because of their food choices like <laughs> isn't that weird like imagine if you like grouped you were like i hate all people that hate cucumber <laughs> oh fucking cucumber haters i hate them like isn't it so bizarre like other people being if you're not vegan other people being vegan really doesn't impact you mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. but yet we hate them well we <laughs> hate them we hate them why um well, <laughs> i don't hate you people people push back against like the the preachy vegan um which is something that i've thought about quite a bit actually mm. but uh in in my mind, as the as the theory goes, it's like for for people who aren't vegan, one hundred percent of the vegans that they meet are like preachy, uh, militant vegans, mm. and the reason is because if they're not that way, if they're just somebody who doesn't eat meat and animal products, then you have no idea. You can't tell from the you outside. You can't tell from looking at them. <laughs> they don't have a scent. So, <laughs> so the, if you meet a, a quote-unquote average vegan who doesn't mention anything about <laughs> veganism, then you have no way of knowing that. And, <laughs> and you have a normal interaction with that person yeah. and they move on. Like, and then you, you, meet, and then you so meet someone who is a militant, preachy vegan and they're like, oh, why is every vegan I meet like this? And it's like, nope, these are just a very specific subset who happen to be very vocal about it. I'm glad you're not militant. Um, well, uh, Sure. Five facts in five minutes. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm going to start this week, Carl, if that's okay. Perfect. All of my facts are London related. Okay. Are you, missing, are you missing home? What gave it away? <laughs> um, these are quite cool. Fact number one, London is it's, the greatest city London's great. Fact two, Claire wishes she was in London. Fact three, people I love live in London. There you go. Whistled through. No, right. This is a rights related one. So I think you're really going to love this. Um, Do you know who owns the rights to Peter Pan? Is it the Queen? It is not. The Queen owns everything. The Queen does own literally everything. Um, It's it's not Disney. Nope. Um, I don't know. It's Great Ormond Street Hospital. Okay. Which Great Ormond Street is a very, very famous hospital. It treats children that are very ill. So it's like the biggest pediatric hospital in England, and it specializes in that. And the author of Peter Pan, J.M. Barry, had no children. So when he died, he left the rights um, to Peter Pan to Great Ormond Street, and it's bought them like a massive, been a massive source of income, which they've been able to invest in caring for kids. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. So the hospital has owned it since 1929. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my first fact is about a micro, 
a microscopic organism Ew. that survived 24,000 years frozen in ice in Siberia. Oh my God. They're going to unmelt it and then it's actually going to be like bubonic plague, but well, worse, and then we're all going to die. Well, they discovered it and it's it's not only come back to life, but it's like asexually reproducing. Ew. This is like the beginning of like some sort of slime space movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen I don't think that it's from one, space. It's just very they, old. <laughs> they find a blob. They, they go to space. They find a blob. They name the blob. The blob kills everybody. The blob gets down to earth. Uh, flubber. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, My second London fact, this one's a bit creepy. Algate Station, which is a tube station, has over 1,000 bodies buried underneath it. Whoa. Can you guess why? Um, because while they were building it, if somebody died, they just threw them in like the pyramids. <laughs> well, you think a thousand people died building Olgate Station? It's like a shitty underground metro station. <laughs> it's like being like, 1,000 people died building the local post office. <laughs> um, did they build it on top of a, um, a, you know, one of those places where they bury people? A, a mass cemetery. Grave? No, they built it over a mass grave that they think was used for the plague. Oh. Yeah. So, but they're not entirely sure because um, they built that railway station in the 1870s. So they Mm. weren't so good at telling where shit was from. Um, But a load of workers were just like, oh my God, found a load of bones, but then just sort of dug around them and continued and there there the station is. And so the the bones are all still there. They didn't excavate them. All still there. Cool. Creepy, right? Yeah. Um, so my last fact is a bit more modern. Um, right now, parts of the United States Pacific Northwest are seeing the highest recorded temperatures for the region. Oh, really? Um, this uh, this past week, it got up to 108 degrees Fahrenheit or 42 degrees Celsius in Portland, Oregon. That's hot. It's hot because the the average summer temperature is about 23 degrees. Whoa, what? uh, Celsius or 80 Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Have people started dying yet? Uh, I'm sure they have. Like That's always because, you know, England is uh, not warm. Um, Anytime the temperature gets above 30, just all the old people die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't drink enough water. (laughs) Um. I'm not sure it's completely their fault with (laughs) with temperatures like that. Well, we also, I'm sure they don't in Portland, Oregon. Um, There's like no AC or anything, so it doesn't get hot enough, really. You'd use it for like two days a year. Yeah, I think people have AC, but it's like, yeah, it's a very temperate climate usually. Seattle, especially. Mm. Seattle's very rainy, right? Yeah. I know this from Grey's Anatomy. Mm. That factual little font of factual info. Because they go to Seattle and cry a lot? No, because it's set in Seattle. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Can you guess the four? One, two, three, four. The four weirdest things that have been left on the tube in London. <laughs> this is good. Um, a turd. I mean, probably yes, but that's not the correct <laughs> answer. I think I've actually seen a turd on the tube myself. Um, can you give me a hint or something? Okay. The first one you use to fight people. A sword. Yes, a samurai sword. Okay. <laughs> uh, the next one is um, a type of taxidermy. Oh, no. Um, wait, am I still guessing or yeah. is that it? Uh, like a dog? A stuffed 
puffer fish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next one's a human skull. Ooh. Gross. And closely related, the last one is a coffin. Oh, no. How do you get a coffin on the tube and then forget it? Um. <laughs> like, you would have thought if you've gone to all that effort. Wait, you was remember. there a person in it? Unclear. Oh God, um, I had a roommate in college who left his laptop on the subway, mm. and he was fucking devastated, man. Yeah, I bet that's gone forever. It was like he, it, he, so he was sitting on he was sitting on the subway, and it was just in like a laptop sleeve, and he was just holding it like that, mm. and he fell asleep on the subway. And he woke up and they were at his station. So he jumped off. And so he ju- So he woke up and jumped off. And as soon as the doors closed behind him, he realized that he left his laptop, but he oh couldn't get back God. on the subway. And he went to security. He, he went to the next station to see if anybody had found it and turned it in. Gone. Never, oh, never found guy. it. So I once left my laptop in the pocket in the front of like an aeroplane seat. Oh no. You know like the, the yeah. back seat yeah. the back seat in front Airplanes of you. are usually pretty good about getting stuff back Yeah, too, so I didn't I'd gone to Singapore um and then on, I don't know why I tucked it in there what a stupid thing to do and then got home all fine the next day woke up and was like right got to go to work and was like oh fuck work device gone. Mm. Um and actually I rang Pudong Airport and they were like yep a laptop's been handed in. Come and call, and I described it, and they they were actually very lax about it. Mm. And then they were like, "Just go to the arrivals gate, and a man will come and give it to you." And this bloke walked over with my laptop, and I waved, and he was like, "Here you are," and left again. <laughs> it was like very casual. You're, you're like, I've done that every week since. <laughs> I now have fifty laptops. <laughs> yeah, it was it was too easy actually. Um, but yeah, that, so that was my disaster, but quite good. And the thing is, is no one backs anything up from their laptops, do they? I do daily backups oh on my, my laptop. You're such a nerd. I, um, like six months ago, bought one of those big external hard drives. It's like four terabytes or something, which apparently is more than I'll ever need. Uh-huh. And it is in the box on my windowsill. You've never backed up from it? No. But uh. do you know what? I'm going to add that. I'm having a um, life admin week, so mm. I'm going to add that okay. to my life admin. Yeah. And, and I'll say that for everyone at home. Please back up your devices right now. <laughs> Um, no, it's super, it's super helpful and people forget. Um, Mm. I had an old professor told me once that in a, in like the modern age, a file does not exist unless it's in three separate locations. Oh my God. That's not three devices that are in the same place. That's three separate locations. So I back up my laptop, um, on a hard drive at work. Uh, so that's a, so that it's in a different building for me at home. So if my house burns down, then I'll have the drive at work. If mm. the office burns down, then I'll have the computer at home, and I back up everything to the cloud. Yeah, I do. I do my computer in the cloud. To be fair, but but if there's a problem with the cloud, like if a cloud server goes down or you lose your login or something, mm. that shit is gone. That's not a that's not True. a proper backup unless unless that's the duplicate. That's partially a backup. You need to have it in three separate locations. Okay, or that file I will. Does not exist. I will hard drive up tomorrow. I promise. Do it. I shall. Okay, the main event. The main event. Um, Are you leading the charge? Sure. Uh, so today, I just wanted to talk about the Olympics. It's not. It's not necessarily like a hot button topic, 
um, or something that I have like a lot of strong passionate I mean, feelings about. Kyle, we we talked about corn for an hour and a half <laughs> once. <laughs> Think it's okay. Um, I have I have a lot of strong uh, feelings about corn. And if we you know. haven't listened to episode we all three, know. <laughs> you know that's that's our least listened to episode. <laughs> Cornland, I wonder why. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, there's been a lot of news and stuff about the Olympics, and I thought it would be an interesting, uh, interesting discussion to have. Yeah, and and there's also I'd like to talk about um, Beijing hosting the Winter and Paralympics as well. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, we can because that's 2022, right? It is. So we we'll, we uh, let's do that towards the end um, because the Olympics that I want to talk about are actually the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, which have not happened. Which have not <laughs> happened because the world is on fire. Um, so obviously they were canceled last year and have been rescheduled to this year mm-hmm. because um, of the plague. Because of the plague. Um, and, uh, but a lot of people want them to be outright canceled or postponed again. I am currently in that camp. That you want it to be canceled? Yes. Well, it does feel, it does feel a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Like it's... Yeah, I'm like, you know what? If I can't go home and give my mum a hug, which I cannot because I'm in China and she's in England... I don't feel like hosting an event with tens and thousands of people is a very good idea. Yeah. I when mean, I can hug my mum, then Tokyo can have its Olympics. <laughs> should be the rule. Um, so, it, but it's super, it, there's some interesting things about it because, um, first of all, it's estimated that Japan has already spent somewhere between 15 and $30 billion. Yeah, they're going to lose a shitload of money if this doesn't happen. And, you know, something... Um, you know, like the television rights alone are worth billions of dollars. But why don't they just do Japan Olympics 2022 and just bump all the Olympics back by two? Years? I don't know how much they're able to do that, given the rules. Um, yeah. And do you think it'll like actually just like ruin some athletes careers because they'll be too old? Probably. I'm sure it has already. Mm. Um, but I mean, ruin athletes' careers or create a new super strain, yeah. Olympic strain, coronavirus, <laughs> Tokyo 2020, the kill Olympi- everyone. The Olympic super strain. Well, do you know that I literally, so when you said we were doing the Olympics, I Googled Japan Olympics controversy uh-huh. and it did the first, I, I read one article because uh, I'm living up to the poorly researched element. Uh-huh. Um, and it did say that people are worried that there'll be like an Olympic strain and it'll be called you know, the Olympic strain of coronavirus, much like the Brazilian strain or whatever. Right. Um, and now, it'll like wreck They're the a bit more PC about them now. They're, they're like the Delta variant and, yeah. and stuff like that. They've stopped, they've stopped putting the, the country names on them. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole medical community of Japan is speaking out against it and just basically saying how terrible of an idea it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, only around 5% of Japanese citizens are vaccinated. Yeah, I read that. How are the vaccination rates so low? I, I really don't know, to be honest. Like, do you think there are things that Japan could do to mitigate? If they were like, right, we are a... 90% population vaccinated, you know, as much as you can be without literally tying people down and stabbing them in the eye with the vaccine. Um, so people that, you know, voluntarily do it. Plus anybody that wants to attend or any athletes that want to come have to be vaccinated. It's mandatory. 
I don't know if they can mandate that the that the athletes do it. Why not? I don't know. I guess they could. Um, so actually, did you know that it's the it's the IOC, it's the International Olympic Committee that makes all the decisions. So about, are they pushing Japan to do it? They they literally are. Like Japan, Japan cannot cancel the Olympics on their own. It has to be the IOC that cancels it. That feels very unfair. So no matter how many people, no matter how many people speak out, I mean, I guess they could just they could just say no. Yeah, yeah, like they have to be able to, but like if they're like, sorry, mate, we're shutting the borders. <laughs> no, what are they gonna do? The IOC is not gonna like what invade Japan by via boat. Right, they are not allowing foreign spectators mm. at all, vaccinated or not. And I think the locals have to be vaccinated. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. That's probably controlling it as much as possible. And then it, but but also you know with us getting vaccinated. I was reading that they predict that the vaccines will last six months to a year and then you'll need a new vaccine. And there could always develop, you know, it's possible that a strain can develop which the current vaccines won't work for and we're going to have to keep creating new ones. But, it, you know, it's very likely that the coronavirus vaccine is going to become like the flu shot, like you right. get it every year. You have to get a booster. Yeah. So, you know, how how much, you know, realistically you just shouldn't take a bajillion people from all over the world and mix them up in one building. That just seems very illogical right now. Um, well, I don't think it's in one building, uh, to be fair, but point taken. Mm. Um, there are something like 100,000 people that would come that would come into the city. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a fuck ton. And then, you know what, so then the, the, pe- the public in Tokyo, you know, people that live and work there... There's a new strain. They get locked down. I wonder if I wonder if you checked the correlation between the cost of people being sick plus if you ignored like the moral aspect of people being sick, just the cost of that plus the cost of Tokyo going into lockdown versus what they'd lose for coronavirus. I wonder how much difference there is. Yeah, I mean, people make these calculations anyway. Mm. I mean, I remember when what was the last one? Brazil. Um, what was the last Summer Olympics we had? I literally don't know. Maybe Brazil? I think it was Brazil. There was one in London when I started uni, but that was eight years ago. What was it after that? Um, I don't remember. No, me either. Um, but I mean, it's always, it's always a big discussion. Like how much money is the city spending on building up the infrastructure to allow this mm. and how much money are they going to get back from tourism and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, according to economists, it never fucking pans out. Yeah. But people still go for it anyway, because it's a huge, uh, it's like a huge honor and it, and especially for, um, it was definitely Brazil, the Rio, Rio de Janeiro. It mm. like, it like puts a city on the map, on the map, as mm. they say, as if cities aren't on the well, map people already. people were then but... like, oh, it's like, that's a holiday destination. Whereas right. maybe they didn't before. Right. Um, and I think, you know, the Beijing 2008 Olympics. Put oh, they're still much... milking the fuck out of it. Yeah. You can still go to where all the, all the stadiums yeah. and stuff. And to be fair, you know, Beijing is about to host the Paralympics and the Winter Olympics. So... That's double the bang for their buck. Yeah. They get they get two goes. But you know, in when I was in I just moved to London at the end of the London Olympics and the city was wild. Like people mm. had like Olympic fever. People were going nuts about it. One of my cousins worked at the Olympics. He was like a he operated like lights or something. 
Um, but everyone went crazy for it and people loved it. Did you get to go watch it all? Um, I did not. I, I went to see the, like, the closing down parade. Okay. Um, because it was like the timing of when I moved there. Uh-huh. But I think, yeah, it costs a lot to do, but also... Like, I saw it in London and you could feel the atmosphere. It, right. I think it gives a country and a city morale that you yeah, just can't yeah. get any other way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's going to happen in Japan because everyone will be like, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty depressing. Yeah. And a lot of people, um, so a lot of people aren't attending. Yeah. The athletes, I mean. So, like, uh, the big one this week was Serena Williams announced that she won't play. Mm. Um, didn't give any reason for it. Just said that she wasn't going. Um, I don't know that people really need to give a reason. No, <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if if her reason is, and I'm you know wildly speculating. She's not a mate. Um, I wonder if it is because of coronavirus or if it is because of something else. And if it is because of coronavirus, why is she not saying that? She's a bit old too. She she yeah. just turned forty. Yeah, she still fucking kicks ass on the <laughs> Um But I wonder if maybe there's some pressure to not say I'm not going because of coronavirus. Yeah. Because, you know, people, who was a tennis player recently? I'm sure it was a tennis player, that a female tennis player that was like, I'm opting out of everything media related and got like shat on from a great height by mm. the media. And she was like, I'm sorry, it's for my mental health. It makes me feel like shit. I'm a tennis player, not like a TV personality. I'm not doing any media interviews. Bye. Mm. And like half the people have come out and been like, you're amazing. And the other half have been like, we hate you. I'm sure that, uh, I mean, most of the way that athletes make their money is not from like competing in sports, but mm. it's by endorsements. endorsements. And yeah. So I'm sure a decision like that has long ranging effects, even if, even if the public is kind of supporting it at yeah. the time. Yeah, for sure. But very interesting. But yeah, so I wonder if there's pressure on the athletes to go and if that's like, oh, if you say you're not going to go because of coronavirus, it makes the people that do go look shit, don't say anything. I wonder if that's a thing. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure as we get closer to it, more and more people will drop out. Mm. Um, I, would, I would guess, you know, I have no research to back this up, and I don't know if anybody actually knows, but I, I have a feeling they're going to cancel it. Yeah. It seems like that's the only logical thing to do. When next year is it meant to be? June. Um, it's this year. Oh. Um. Oh. Please. This year. This is it. This June. Um. It's June now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Whoops. <laughs> um. The Olympics are slated to begin July twenty third. So maybe it's a bit late to be canceling. Oh my God! That's really soon. <laughs> really soon. Like that's a, less than a month away. Well, it's um, definitely fucking happening then, isn't yeah, it? Probably. Why is this not a hot button topic? Right, Carl, <laughs> let's light the fire. Me and you, we're starting it. Um, so the the other thing that I thought was, was super interesting um, is that, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Olympics are usually a complete and total fuck fest amongst the athletes. I have heard this. Apparently they, um, apparently, <laughs> I mean, why would you not, right? Apparently, fuck fest also, eel. Um, <laughs> what a fucking phrase. Apparently this year. That's, li- that's literally my notes. <laughs> <for the laughs> fuck fest. Apparently, um, 
you know, everybody bangs every time. Um, and this year, they, all the athletes going have been told absolutely no fraternising. <laughs> but then <laughs> the Olympics committee handed out loads of condoms to all the athletes. They and then was to. like, they're souvenirs. They're... Don't touch. Don't touch each other. No, they have to. They they had to start giving out condoms because it's like, because there are like, uh, you know, there's like a rise in diseases and Oh my God, that's so funny. Imagine if like one dude gave like an entire volleyball team syphilis. It'd be so funny. <laughs> Um, no, but they have to. I think mm. it's I think it's as much of a public safety <laughs> as all the COVID requirements. So it's going to be wear a condom, wear a mask, do each other from behind, <laughs> try and stay far apart. Um, uh, so what do you what do you think? There there are some people arguing um, for the addition of esports in Olympics. Mm. No. no why not you're you're a gamer chick i'm a gamer chick uh, i feel like i'm just gonna get in trouble for saying this um i just think it's a different thing i don't think it's the same thing i think that i think the esports should be more mainstream and i cannot believe esports are pretty fucking mainstream right but in like in the uk you cannot watch esports on bbc2 okay and i'm like are you guys absolute morons because they'll have the football world cup the rugby world cup the olympics but they don't have like any esports i mean what's the average viewer age of bbc world 2 <laughs> BBC world 2 that is not the name carl you don't oh, know whatever bbc2 um i mean everybody watches the bbc like everybody yeah. It's, you know, it's pretty, like, universal and across the board. And if, you know, in like the UK... Like teenagers yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. watch BBC Two. Yeah. What what shows are on BBC Two that a teenager um, would any, be interested like, in in 2021? So there's BBC, BBC One and BBC Two are the main ones. Um, and that will have stuff like the news, but also, like, documentaries. So, like, loads of Attenborough stuff is on there. Any sports stuff is usually on there. Like teenagers. Anything. I'm talking yeah. about teenagers. No, this is what I'm talking about too. Like any football, like the football, World Cup, UEFA stuff is all on the BBC. Rugby's on the BBC. Like everything. Sounds like all shit that old men watch. <laughs> and me. But like loads of good like dramas are on the BBC. You've seen, you've logged into BBC iPlayer, right? Like British yes. television's amazing. And, lo you know, the, a lot of it is commissioned by the BBC. I listen to the radio shows, not the TV shows. Yeah, the radio shows are also freaking amazing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's mad that, like, why like why aren't the, like, one of my friends worked at um, the League of Legends World Cup final in Seoul a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was the same year as the Football World Cup. And the League of Legends World Cup final had more viewers than the Football World Cup final. Mm. Like, I just think people are missing a trick. But do I think League of Legends should be in the Olympics? No. I think it's its own independent thing. I think there should be some kind of esports Olympic thing that has, like, an international governing body. Mm. Because it's also, like, esports is full of loads and loads of issues. Um, you know, there's, you know, like, employees aren't allowed to unionize in different countries. And the teams, you know, can be pretty... Like it can be, it's pretty problematic. And I think if you had something that was like an esports Olympic and you had a governing body that had to oversee it globally, I think that would be really interesting and it would definitely change the dynamic. 
Um, maybe it exists and I don't know about it. I don't think so. Um, but I don't think that esports should be in the Olympics. I'm trying to think what are some of the more like ridiculous sports that are there, like curling. My family curling. always loves loves watching. Do you the know curling. I really like watching the curling as well. But um, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't like open my laptop, like find the curling <laughs> and watch it live. But for me, the Olympics was something that was always on and my dad would be watching it and I would sit down and watch it with him. And I loved watching all of the gymnastics, which I only ever watch at the Olympics. Curling, great fucking sport. Look, polish that ice, fucking polish it. You go polish that ice, great. What else do I really like? Anything to do with like sort of pole vaulting, like athletics uh, I enjoyed. All the track and field. Yeah, track, field. But you don't, you would never watch it unless it was the Olympics. Ever. Right. Um... Yeah. Ice skating, oh, that was a good one. I think I think putting esports in would be a good way to get young people interested. Um, in esports or in the Olympics? Putting esports in the Olympics would get young people interested in the Olympics. I believe mm. this is true. Um, I was talking to a friend about League of Legends and about it being in the Olympics, and um, they were saying that one of the reasons it couldn't go in is that it's like too complex and the rules are too like variable or something well i mean there's always there's always rules in different games and and <laughs> yes kyle <laughs> i mean think about like you know it's like that's like saying running couldn't be in because there are there are too many different you know there are too many different adaptations of it and it's yeah. like no we have the 50 meter the 100 meter the marathon i don't think we do a 50 meter i don't know we don't. I know. We don't. But I get your point. Like, there's everything from the 100-meter sprint to a marathon. Right. And hurdles and the... What's the one where you have to fucking pass the baton to the... Oh, relay. Relay, yeah. Don't drop the fucking baton. <laughs> so, so why couldn't they set rules? And I understand people play different games. Why couldn't they set rules about it? No reason that I know. Yeah. None at all. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it should be in. I mean, I'm not anti it, but I'm not campaigning for it either. It'd be interesting to see in the future. Like, you know, we do, we have football in the World Cup. Are we going to have FIFA, you know, the, the football video game Do you think World Cup? it would be hard to find gamers who aren't on drugs? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What does that statement even mean? Because uh, they have all the doping rules for... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know. But actually do like big esports competitions, you know, there's a shitload of money on the line for these teams to win. Yeah. Do they have to be drug tested? I would assume so. Drug tested for what? For drugs, Kyle, for crack and smack and (laughs) all the other things. I don't know. Look, if if someone said to me, name a performance enhancing drug, I'd be like, oh, speed. I don't know. What do people take? I can't keep up with the kids. Um, maybe they do test them for speed. I mean, you'd think so. Or, I know, um, what about, um, what's the thing Americans love taking to help them study and focus? Adderall. Adderall. Mm. Like, I wouldn't have thought you could be in an esports competition. Like, you know, one of the big ones where it's millions of dollars you could win and be pumped full of Adderall. Um, yeah. I imagine No. Um, I've seen, uh... But if you ate a burrito full a pork of Adderall... Burrito. <laughs> a pork burrito where the pig has been riddled with Adderall. <laughs> then what are you going to do? 
Um, I feel like I, I always kind of, on whatever topic we're talking about, I always insert like the popular memes that I've seen about it. <laughs> um, and I've definitely seen people arguing that we should have like one division of the Olympics where you just let people take whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> just pumped full of steroids, speed, like, like, let's whatever. Let's see they what need. they can do. Let's see how high a motherfucker can jump. <laughs> no holds barred. How high can somebody jump? Let's push the limits of humanity. Again, I don't think that should be in the Olympics, but I would like it to be its own separate thing. <laughs> like, do whatever the fuck you want and let's go. Which cocktail are you on? You could have cards where you get the stats, you know? Like, this is their cocktail and you could trade them. Um, the other... The other <laughs> um, the other, the other thing I've seen is that they should have one regular person who competes alongside... So we can see what how how advanced the athletes really are. I like it. I'm down. I'm supportive of this. Um, I should clarify that I do not condone the use of performance enhancing drugs. Uh, Unless you're any, a pig. In any way. <laughs> Especially if you're a pig, damn it. Um, all right. Can we talk about the Beijing Olympics now? Uh, carefully, please. Okay. So Beijing is hosting the Winter Olympics and the Paralympics. And this has been <laughs> what it's about. Um, but Beijing is really umming and ahhing about the Winter Olympics. Why? Coronavirus, duh. Even though oh, it's in 2022. not the controversy I thought you were going to cover. Well, you've scared me of the one I'm actually going to talk about. Thank I will you. get there. I'm warming you up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're really umming and ahhing about it. And then, again, if they do, they've said that they probably will not open borders until after the Olympics. Um, they won't have spectators. They'll just have the sports people and then see how it goes, but keep a really firm control over borders and, you know, where people travel and stuff. And because in, in, for you guys that aren't in China, we're monitored every like where we go through our phones, um, and you have like a QR code that you have to show, which says if you're like healthy or not, and if you travel to a region where there has been an outbreak of coronavirus, your <laughs> QR code changes color, and then you're limited as to what you can do, and you have to quarantine and stuff. That's why it's like not really a problem here anymore. But yeah, Beijing is like real freaking out about it because you know life is is good here. We can go for dinner and stuff. Um, so I think given that the Tokyo Olympics are a month away <laughs> and we were sitting here trying to figure out if they're going to happen or not, I guess they're definitely going to happen. Um, but we're, we're sitting here talking about what the requirements are and who's joining and not, and athletes are still dropping out and stuff. I'd say we can chill on 2022 and wait and see what happens now. Yeah, I reckon. Like, oh. I'm I'm surprised that people are making. Um, like, do we have to decide now? Yeah, I'm surprised they're even making statements about it because mm. nobody has any idea when Beijing is going to open the borders, regardless. Do you know, I've got a you know, Chinese friend, and her daughter started learning to ski because she's like, China will host the Winter Olympics. My mm. child will now learn to ski. <laughs> like that's, I mean, her child is seven, but you know, whatever. I skied when I was that, maybe not that young. Yeah, but she's like, because Beijing is hosting the Winter Olympics, my child will learn to ski. I'm like, right. she ain't competing in it, babe. <laughs> she But could. apparently... Never know until you try, Claire. <laughs> well, not when she's seven. <laughs> it's happening next year. She'll be the youngest entry. Um, but there's been a massive boost in people being super into winter sports because China is not a winter sports place. 
Up north, it is. Not really. When you yeah, think of not really. When you think of all of China, but I th- I reckon after the Winter Olympics, it's going to be people like there's going to be loads of money pumped in, and people are going to love it. Yeah. I'd like to do bobsleighing. Um, I'd like to bobsled. Yeah, that seems like it'd be pretty fun. Me and you should bobsled together. Uh, I'll try it. <laughs> or, you know, the one, what's it called? Like the skeleton one where you're, you're like head first and you're the only one. Um, oh, what do they call that? Um, God, that's a good one. I like watching that. Um, have you ever seen the movie Cool Runnings? No. I think I've never seen any movie you have ever referenced in this podcast. Um, really? Yeah. Well, you don't like movies or? I do. I just think I don't like the movies you like anymore. Do you, you don't watch classic movies then? I mean, some. I've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. <laughs> Casablanca I've seen. Um, the movie Cool Runnings is about, it's a true story. Um, about the Jamaican bobsled team. Oh, I have seen this actually. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> feel the rhyme. It's great. It's great. Absolutely fantastic movie. Um, so the real controversial thing about China hosting the Olympics is they're hosting the Paralympics. Um, the last time they hosted the Olympics in 2008, they literally cleared the streets of mm. all homeless people and all disabled people. Mm. And now... You know, I mean, okay, 2008 was a while ago, but not that long ago. And now they're hosting the Paralympics. And China is, like, not good with disabled people at all. But, you know, actually, I was reading up about this today um, because I was, you know, curious and we're doing this podcast. Um, And I was reading this really, really interesting article that was saying that, actually, if you just looked at legal legislation, China would be one of the forerunners of having the best... Um, legal policies in place worldwide to protect disabled people and less able people from discrimination. Uh, the problem is, is it's just absolutely not enforced in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, any the, There's an organization here who's, it's an acronym name, which I've immediately forgotten, but it's like the OCPD or something. Mm-hmm. So their job is to basically like, look it's like a government organization like part of the government and they're meant to enforce like legal policies and look after people in China with disabilities and that could be from like you know assigning funding to different areas or building um orphanages because a lot of kids that are in orphanages in China actually I read today it was 95 percent of kids in orphanages in China are in some way disabled or less abled Mm. um but this like government body just like doesn't function And he's, like, kind of screwed through, like, corruption and mismanagement. Right. So I think it's really interesting. Like, I'm really curious to see if the Paralympics, seeing people that are disabled but incredible at what they do, how that is going to impact Chinese society and if it's going to change the way people think about disabled people on a much larger scale because there is so much room for improvement here. What do you think? Yeah, interesting. Um, I think they always do a Paralympics alongside the Olympics, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, super interesting. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that. I think there are, there are always political, um, 
political issues that surround the Olympics. And mm. I would say in, in China, there are much larger political issues that are that are surrounding the Olympics also. And, mm. and a lot of people are calling to boycott for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, you know, and to me, it's a bit, it's really hard for me to say this, but it's like the Olympics are meant to be an apolitical organization mm. in a political contest where where it's not you know because plenty of people have issues with american politics or you know what if we you know denied the uk a chance to host the olympics because of brexit yeah. or because of their their treatment of the irish or something yeah um so Ooh, like that's, that's a good old history <laughs> lesson there carl uh, <laughs> We're pretty pissed about that colonizing of <laughs> India thing you did. Um, so, so like it's it's tough for me to go along with people who are whatever the reason boycotting Olympics in any country because it's supposed to be a political mm. and you know. But that doesn't mean that we should support everything that every country is doing. I just think. Um, it's different know, things, right? It's just different. Mm. It's just different. And I, and I think in recognition of, of the sport and of what the Olympics is, I think it's okay to forgive some of that. I feel really terrible saying. Well, not forgive, but just acknowledge that it's a separate thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that, but this is not something we can talk about in super clear ways because we both want to continue living here. So... Mm. Let's link this back to what I said about disability in China. Do you think that the Paralympics will have any impact on how disability is viewed here? Um, yeah, I'm, sh I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I, th I think, um, actually, I, I think the Olympics are a great opportunity for people to learn about other cultures and learn about people that are different in general. Mm. Um, and I think China, you know, we talked in one of the earlier podcasts, we talked about the Chinese swimmer who was like very different from, yeah. the, you know, the, the typical, uh, Chinese person. Um, but also different from Western swimmers cause she had the cupping bruises. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it's an opportunity to learn all different things and, uh, you know, expand, expand your viewpoint a little bit. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see um, which Chinese um, Paralympic athletes are competing. Because generally in China, people with disabilities, generally, not always, generally, it's seen as like something that is shameful to like have a child that has disabilities. Um, so I think going and seeing these Chinese people and people from all other countries who are like quite literally like killing it, like the absolute top of their game, incredible people. Um, I think that's going to be really interesting for China and I think it's going to have really positive and hopefully long-lasting ramifications. Um, I did read in an article though that um, this dude wrote, that uh, this dude, uh, I'm sure a very well-accredited journalist whose name I've completely forgotten, um, he said that when the Olympics came in 2008, you know, it was like guide dogs are allowed everywhere in Beijing. All the buses and hotels have ramps. And then the minute the Olympics were over, it was like no guide dogs. Oh, no. You may not bring your dog on this bus. Um, but it's, that's actually against the law. According to the Chinese law, you can take a guide dog 
literally anywhere you need to go. Mm. But it, it, that will never happen. In practice. In practice. Really completely yeah. different. Um, so I hope it has long-lasting ramifications. Um, yeah, I hope so too. Um, and I hope that there isn't a massive tragedy surrounding the Tokyo Olympics <laughs> next month. <laughs> also that day. Um, I'd like to do a shout out to coronavirus and say, please, no Olympic strain. Just please. <laughs> So the last segment is the dumbest thing you heard all week. And I only heard very intelligent things all week. So you're going to have to hold this one down. Claire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I overheard a pretty ridiculous conversation between you and your wife when I arrived, but you'll have to edit this out because she's feeding me dinner. Um, I heard something very stupid. Uh, this is what my boyfriend said to me over the weekend. He said, the palms of my feet are hot. <laughs> The palms of it, the soles of your feet. <laughs> I got it. Ding, ding, ding. Who says the palms? Who says the palms of your feet? He's not a monkey. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a bit unfair to just bring up shit your boyfriend said every week over here. <laughs> it, what, last week I didn't. The week before, I think. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault. He says a lot of really stupid stuff. <laughs> um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. It was close enough. You knew what he meant. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the silliest thing I've heard. All right, and this has been What It's About with your hosts, Kyle and Claire. Claire, hit me with some credits. You can find us on Instagram at whatitsaboutpod. You can send us an email at whatitsaboutpod at gmail.com. Is it pod at the end? Uh, yes. Uh, you can find our website at www.whatitsabout.fun. Yes, it's .fun. Um, like and subscribe. It actually is really nice if you do like us because um, we see that and it makes us warm and happy inside. So like away, please, lovely listeners. And, and we'll be back next week. Uh, we forgot the music credits. Oh, you do the music. Uh... Our intro song is Retro Electro by Mario Cole. Other music this week from Ashley Tosh Music, Mativ, and Whataboy. We're done. See you next week, folks. One. Hey, yo. Oh, I got you. Ami.